traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello there. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, NCIA's Deputy Director of Communications. Today I have a couple guests, Kara Bradford of Viridian Staffing and Brian Passman of Hunter and Esquire, both very active members in NCIA. Kara is co-founder and chief talent officer of Viridian Staffing, which was founded in 2013 as the first professional full-service staffing, recruiting, and HR consulting firm in the cannabis industry. Brian is the founder of cannabis industry talent acquisition firms, Hunter and Esquire and The Gig, and both are on NCIA's Human Resources Committee. Welcome to the show, Kara and Brian. Thanks, Bethany. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Yeah, so let's get started. I know both of you have been on the show in the past individually, I think. It's nice to have you both together. Uh, Kara, let's let's go over your background and experience briefly and some of the things that you did before you moved into recruiting for the cannabis industry. Yeah, I spent the majority... spent my entire career as a professional recruiter and spent most of that time within big tech food and beverage uh, prior to coming into the cannabis industry back in 2013. So most of the career at recruiting did do, uh, I do have my MBA in HR, so I did spend some time as a generalist, but uh, my passion is definitely in recruiting. And uh, like Kara, I've, I've always been in the people business 
so we started uh, recruiting exclusively in cannabis in 17. And for almost 20 years before that, I was an executive headhunter for medical device and biotech and um, food and beverage CPG. Excellent. Some crossover there between the two of you. Great. So I'm always curious what went into people's decisions or what inspired them to get into the cannabis industry and and the movement inside of it as well. Um, You know, obviously, it's still federally illegal. There's still some stigmas around the plant uh, and a hell of a lot of compliance to jump through as well. So Kara, how and why did you get involved in the cannabis industry all these years ago? Yeah, we definitely recognized that there was going to be a need for recruiting and staffing services in addition to uh, HR services in the industry. And once Washington um, voted in adult use along with Colorado, we met a few people that were looking to get in, um, that were looking to convert their medical licenses over to adult use and spoke with them, understood that that was going to be their need. Uh, And so thus we started ramping up Viridian before a single door had opened for adult use at that point in time. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And like, uh, well, I mean, I think, I think Kara's got me beat by some miles, Uh, you know, opening up four years earlier than us is like a lifetime. Uh, in this space. So compliments and gratitude to Kara for the for the courage. But, you know, we got in for uh, similar reasons. We heard about the need. Uh, I had heard about Viridian and and Kara, uh, but there weren't many search firms serving the industry when we made the decision in 16 to look at opening up a firm and ultimately open in 17. So there was still that that unmet need being meet company being met, sorry, by uh, you know, companies looking for different avenues to make uh, leader hires than, you know, going to their friends and family network, or just hoping to bump into someone they liked at one of the industry shows. So we launched <laughs> for similar reasons. And thankfully also felt like a good time as Kara had not signed everyone uh, up in the industry yet. <laughs> and Kara, you're, if I recall, you originally founded in Seattle, Washington. Is that right? We were, yeah. And we thought that we would end up just being, you know, a small West Coast operation. And never did we dream that we'd be, you know, on every a continent except Antarctica now. <laughs> so it's, it's been a wild, crazy ride, but uh, lots, very exciting. So. For sure. And Brian, I, I believe you're in the northeast part of the country. Is that right? Uh, originally a New Yorker and uh, just gave up my uh, Miami, Florida life to relocate to Boulder, Colorado. Oh, welcome to Colorado. Uh, of course, many NCIA staff are based in Denver, uh, although many of us doing the remote thing because of COVID, which is been a real interesting last year and a half um, from a worker's perspective, which I'm sure we'll get to talk about more later in the episode, uh, since I'm talking to some folks from the Human Resources Committee. Um, But first, um, let's talk about that committee. Um, Kara, you've been on the committee since NCIA started forming committees with our membership of 
cannabis industry operators and professionals. And uh, every year, um, the term opens up and some people stay, some new faces come in, some old other folks, you know, make room. And ultimately, the committees are tasked with focusing on very specific issues within the cannabis industry. So human resources, the cannabis industry has its own flavor of human resources. So uh, let's just talk a little bit broadly about uh, the committee and the work you've been doing uh, in that committee um, this last year and, and to come. Kara? Yeah, I was uh, actually at an NCIA event, uh, I think that was, was back in like 2015, uh, and speaking with members of your leadership team about wanting to start some kind of group of HR practitioners in the industry to provide best practices. Uh, at that point in time, there were still very few HR practitioners, but there were a lot of companies that were um, ha needing other members of their staffs to uh, basically do HR work. And thus, uh, we wanted to come together as some of the HR practitioners in the industry to provide these best practices for those individuals who maybe didn't have an HR background, but really needed that information to set their companies up for success. So uh, thus began the uh, beginning of the HR committee. And at that point in time, unfortunately, we really didn't have a large number of HR practitioners in the industry. Uh, there was, you know, about 30 of us, <laughs> to be honest, and uh, that was, you know, in an entire industry. So I was really excited a few years ago, a couple years ago, when we finally had a critical number of HR uh, committee members that we were able to start the committee. And now we release blogs and um, do webinars and all sorts of great content from the committee members that's out there for NCIA membership to, to use. Yes. Yes, super grateful for all the things that have been contributed as well. Brian, what made you get involved in the committee and, and how is that going collaborating with other cannabis industry HR professionals? Uh, it's been fantastic. So I, when we launched this, I just, we, we knew, I think it was probably uh, the second or third thing that we did was by uh, uh, acquire a NCIA membership. We just knew we had to be a part of the community. And, um, you know, I have to give uh, thanks to Kara for introducing me to the committee uh, idea and putting in a good word so I could get on the committee. Uh, it's been great working with uh, Kara and other leaders in the industry. We have some fantastic HR leaders in this in the space on the committee that uh, really get uh, how to bring people into the organization, how to keep them and keep them happy. So uh, for me, it's been a lot of learning. I have to confess, I take a lot of the conversations we have as a committee to uh, conversations with clients out there, which uh, I'm sure everyone would uh, appreciate hearing because we're all, you know, working towards the greater good. So it's just been, it's been really rewarding to be a part of creating some great content for the industry overall, getting to speak to HR leaders and other decision makers in the industry, because we have a pretty eclectic group of uh, some very influential compensation consultants and labor attorneys and otherwise. So it's just, it's been a, 
a very beneficial experience for me. And I think we've given back a little bit best we can. And we look forward to doing as much as we can for the industry through the committee and its members. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks. And, and of course, I work with the members and the committees on on the blogs and, and the papers that are published, um, as well as the podcasts. Um, I mean, very useful information like crafting a COVID-19 vaccination policy for your cannabis company. It's relevant. It's timely. Um, also, evergreen information as well, just best practices for hiring leadership to your business and kind of the joke, you know, when people are, you know, done hiring friends and family and want to get some, <laughs> some professionals in the door, you know, that, that that's a big decision for a cannabis company to make as well. Okay, let's take our first commercial break, and then we'll come right back and chat more with Kara and Brian from NCIA's Human Resources Committee. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take-anywhere treat. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, talking with Kara Bradford and Brian Passman, who are HR professionals who sit on NCIA's Human Resources Committee. And a lot has changed in the last year and a half or more. Um, we talk a lot about how the COVID pandemic has changed all of our lives, and, and this is true in the cannabis world as well. Uh, though we were considered an essential business during all those lockdown shenanigans, but you know, workers kept working in the cannabis industry just a little bit differently, uh, especially during those tougher lockdown times as well. Lockdown, such a terrible word, but you know. <laughs> Uh, in increased quarantining and such um, in in early 2020. Is that right, Kara? Yeah, I mean, when the pandemic first began, due to us being essential businesses and the hospitality and retail and restaurant industries, they all got hit so hard in the cannabis industry. We for, uh, fortunately solved this seismic talent shift uh, that came over, which was great and really exciting to get that influx of talent. Uh, we did see some changes in workforce management. Uh, cannabis companies had to be creative and flexible around COVID, starting with allowing anyone that could possibly work remotely to allow them to do so. As far as manual work or what some would call plant touching work, that's 
been done on site. It has to be done on site. <laughs> um, there's not, not really a way around that. Mm -hmm. So we've had to work with our clients to make sure that our temporary workers had the necessary PPE they needed and were appropriate that they were even reasonably socially distanced on the job. And that even meant if we had to request that they have add an additional shift. So maybe they were doing two or three shifts versus the one or two. Um, so in the beginning, um, it was really business as usual. But however, as time went on and things evolved, our industry had to continue to evolve alongside that and developing better ways of operating their businesses. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, I do recall when we just thought we had to flatten the curve there for a couple of weeks, but um, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so th so this has gone on for a very long time now. COVID is ha has become uh, entrenched in our lives at this stage. It, it wasn't just a blip on the radar and everything's back to normal. Some long term changes seem to have happened as well. What are your thoughts, Brian? Yeah, thanks. Um, we are, um, I think, going to see these changes last for quite a while. And I'd like to sp sprinkle uh, in some good news because I do think some of these changes are for the better. Kara said we saw uh, some things change in the way, uh, you know, we, we operate and, you know, developments in the industry and the way people operate, I think, have been for the better. Uh, we see, so we focus on bringing leaders into uh, the industry and in various disciplines and with people working from home, uh, for the most part, leadership teams are continuing to work from home. Uh, we, we do see people actually leading with more, uh, maturity from a distance. Uh, I think we, well, I think I know we saw for a long time, some, some, first-time leaders who, you know, could be described with many other adjectives, just leading in some ways that were very uh, micro and looking over people's shoulders and measuring success by, you know, people, you know, punching clocks, we'll say. Uh, so what we've seen is a change to a uh, very metrics-oriented, KPI-centric type of uh, cultures being uh, developed. We have a lot of clients that have rapidly over the past 18 months evolved from uh, more quantifiable success measurements in the absence of being able to watch over people's shoulders, mm. which is directly due to the fact that, you know, people are not together and we have to measure success in some ways. So sort of inspired this, uh, this, evolution, which we all knew would happen, but I think happened more quickly because of it. So there's some mm. lemonade from our COVID lemons. <laughs> and um, I think there's, there, there's going to be a continuance of leaders traveling less for quite a while now, maybe a very long time and getting to work from home. So uh, we've also uh, heard that, you know, response times from leaders have improved. So I, I, I know as I'm saying it, it sounds unusual, but just having leaders working, you know, from home remotely behind screens has uh, improved people's happiness because success is being measured in some ways that it should. Mm -hmm. And you're seeing, you know, without people being stuck in planes and trains and automobiles and trade shows as much as we miss them, there are some better response times 
uh, by your leaders. So, you know, I, I just wonder if people will get a little bit too used to staying home and grounded and not get back because there is a lot of value in being with those plant touching people or just, you know, others that are, uh, you know, in those hourly roles that, you know, do need FaceTime from their leaders and more touches. So that's going to be one of the challenges moving forward is finding that happy medium because we're all right now stuck in this state of, you know, are we safe or not? Are we okay or not? What do we do from here? You know, where's the curve going and what to expect? So just that the, we, we know of a lot of contingency plans out there. And of course we know what everyone's hoping for, but right now it, it's, it's sort of worked out pretty nicely. Uh, it seems from where we're sitting. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I see the value in balancing work from home with, with having FaceTime with your teammates as well. So there's, there's got to be a happy medium. I agree. But looking back on a different time before COVID, in the before time, there was a time when everyone seemed to want to work in the cannabis industry. And if you posted one job, you'd get 300 resumes or more, maybe a thousand. It's a little different now. Um, and we're seeing lower wage jobs in non-cannabis companies offering much higher salaries and wages and benefits now um, as we're coming out of COVID as, as this workforce is changing out there in order to attract employees. So I wonder if it is a candidate's market now uh, and what that looks like from the recruiting and hand hiring standpoint. Yeah, we are in a candidate's market. <laughs> um, and we really, that's not really something that we've experienced, at least not this widespread as an industry yet. So as other industries like, you know, restaurants, retail, hospitality have attempted to reopen, employers are quickly realizing that something's changed in the labor market. And as a result, there has been a pretty sharp uptick in average wages, sign-on bonuses, and yet many businesses are still having to reduce their hours because they haven't been able to hire enough workers. Um, just a quick example, the restaurant downstairs from me, they used to be open seven days a week. It's now six. They used to open at 11 a.m. Now they don't open till three. They're doing sign-on bonuses. So, you know, all of this is happening. And there are many factors at play here, including the fact that the pandemic has caused so many to reevaluate their careers and really take a look at what's important to them in life. And many have decided to go back to school so they can retool their skills and others have decided to move to another part of the country to take advantage of a lower cost of living and uh, basically giving, affording them a better work-life balance or maybe they wanna be closer to loved ones. But I mean, regardless of uh, the reasons this trend and the wage inflation that it has caused is something that the cannabis industry is going to have to contend with. And while most of uh, the MSOs and other clients we work with do understand this and have adjusted to this new normal, we definitely have noticed others that are still in denial about the upward pressure on wages because they're hopeful um, that it's going to be temporary. And you know, honestly, some just don't have the additional margin to spare. 
So this is definitely putting smaller cannabis companies at an even greater disadvantage, unfortunately, uh, to their larger, better capitalized competitors than was already the case. But um, but in cannabis, uh, what we are seeing as a result of all this is, unfortunately, we are losing workers to higher paying opportunities in other industries. And if, as companies, we don't address that quickly, we're going to end up bleeding talent. Uh, I'd agree. Completely yeah. a candidate-driven market right now. Uh HR, human capital, talent acquisition, anything people related is in high demand. Uh, filling HR roles in the industry has been our biggest ask this year. We have not had one minute this year without a or multiple uh, HR leader searches on our desk. That's directly related to uh, the hiring challenges. We have hiring authorities asking us what's wrong with our job descriptions, you know, this, this job description got us 300 applicants overnight, you know, all the previous times we posted it, uh, we're sitting at, you know, single digits or teens applicants, uh, Brian, please review the job description and help us edit it. What's wrong with it. Hmm. So it's, it's, it's no longer a, if you offer the job, they will come scenario for, uh, cannabis businesses, or I'm betting for really any it's, uh, more of a hiring market right now that requires you to hunt and court the talent that's out there. I mean, talent mm -hmm. is the talent that this industry needs your, your builder talent, your passionate, your gritty uh, leadership talent that's very accomplished and isn't easily frazzled. That talent is very actively pursued and is in some cases collecting offers like trading cards. I mean, it's really, it's incredible what's happening wow. right now. Uh, it's the exact opposite of what everyone expected, where we'd come out of this and everyone would be unemployed and it would just be fish in a barrel and, you know, just kind of take your pick of the talent you want for the role because everyone will be home, uh, home unemployed. And uh, it's the furthest possible thing from that. And so, you know, companies really have to begin to differentiate their offerings, be it pay or benefits or better uh, communications around how to make a real impact uh, the candidate experience, you know, that that whole hiring vetting process and the care for keeping talent engaged is massively important. Mm -hmm. There's a lot less FOMO to cannabis industry outsiders. Uh, a lot of the a lot of those outsiders who have wanted in the industry for a long time, they've interviewed a lot. And they've made decisions to stay out of the industry for some reasons, or they have friends and family in it, and they feel like they are sort of in it because they hear all about it. And <laughs> it's, it, it, there, there's, it, it's true. There's a lot less just starry eyed, you know, just FOMO experiences out there. So we yeah. really have to have something great to sell and then, and then present it really well, because you have to imagine there's just, you're competing against a lot for that great talent. It's, it's a reality. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, let's take our next commercial break and then come back and continue our conversation with Brian and Kara. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. 
Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, chatting with Kara and Brian from NCIA's Human Resources Committee. Um, Our industry sees the traditional cannabis enthusiast, which you were kind of talking about earlier, applying for jobs in our industry, of course, but also there's individuals with advanced skills from other industries coming to cannabis in order to apply those skills from those other industries to ours. I'm curious what it's like trying to attract those kinds of talent and getting them to come to the, not the dark side, the green side of the cannabis industry, but you know, folks who had never thought of working in this industry before, what's it like to recruit that type of person? Yeah, I'll tackle that one first. It's, uh, it's a lot more difficult than years past uh, to bring people uh, over to these greener pastures. Uh, the, um, again, the leadership talent that we recruit is dramatically less starry-eyed and increasingly looking for our clients to inspire confidence in their business and their team and the opportunity itself. Uh, there's a lot more uh, readiness to exit the hiring process versus just signing up and hoping for the best and just celebrating the fact that they made it safely into the industry. Mm. We're, we're, um, we're finding that many people are, are happy to work in another industry while ours you know, sort of normalizes. I'm using air quotes here. It's, it's, it's an interesting conundrum I've been our, our team here, I should say, has been trying to wrap our head around. And sometimes we wonder if our, you know, positive momentum as it relates to legislation is working uh, maybe a little bit against inspiring people to hop in. And I think some people are waiting and watching on the sideline while we all blaze this trail together because they believe they can enter with more ease at a sooner than later date. Uh, because a lot of them have, you know, heard the horror stories about, you know, not being able to get a home loan because I work in the cannabis industry or Mm -hmm. something else, because these are real things we just dealt with that on our move out to Colorado. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, for for us in our experience, cannabis businesses with leaders who are always in recruitment mode are winning. Uh, Really good talent out there can sniff out if your hiring team is really embracing their their role and uh, as a privilege uh, or treating it as a chore as it relates to being part of the hiring process. Uh, your leaders in your cannabis business really must actively embrace their talent acquisition partnerships, be it with an agency or their inside uh, HR folks to really inspire the necessary confidence and talent that you're building your team the right way. Um, you know, hiring teams must be aligned, extremely well aligned on mission, vision, and goals. and uh, getting your equity packages up to snuff rather than asking people to join with a handshake and a promise. You know, these are all important ways to keep good talent engaged and ultimately onboarded on your team. You, you just, you've got to make them feel the, the, the love and, and the want to uh, work with them because other people are doing it and you can't just say, well, we're a cannabis business, therefore we can bring people in any manner we like. That, that was mm. then, this is now. 
Yeah, that's an important shift. Thanks for pointing that out. Uh, we've got so much to talk about, but unfortunately, a limited amount of time. Kara, uh, do you any final thoughts in these last 30 seconds here of the show that you'd like to add? Yeah, I, I mean, candidate experience is going to be super important. One of the things companies can really do to start, um, you know, building uh that candidate experience is to really start working on their employer brand. And so if you don't have a careers page out there, um, recommend doing that, putting out photos of your operation, uh, a couple paragraphs about what it's like to work at your company. Give the external audience, especially those that maybe aren't in the industry, show them how you're an exciting company to work for is a great way to uh, just, you know, get those those hires in, um, but build it, starting to build that employer brand is, is going to be really important. Awesome. I appreciate that insight. And I'm sorry, we don't have more time to talk. There's just so much to talk about when it comes to this. Um, so I, I guess we'll just have to get some more blogs and podcasts out of the committee for sure to cover all this. But thank you both for being on the show today. And uh, people can find out more about NCIA's Human Resources Committee on our website. And you can see that Kara and Brian are members of that committee as well and reach out to them with any questions. And thanks to our audience again for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.